isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to another episode of Time to Talk. This is a conversation with my good friend, Dr. Alex Lathbridge. Fair warning for this episode, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> we have a lot of fun um, in this episode. There is a lot of banter. There are so many things I have to cut out <laughs> of this episode because we found ourselves just in tangents, um, finding ways to laugh. It was, it's always a joy speaking to Alex about anything. Um, he has such a wide breadth of knowledge and he has always has so much to say and he's full of love and vibrancy and he cares. But who is Dr. Alex Lathbridge? So Dr. Alex Lathbridge is a biochemist and computational biologist and he has a PhD in novel peptide therapeutics, which he explains in the show. I'm not going to sit here and explain it for you here now. He's a sci- oh, he's a keen science communicator and regularly performs stand-up at science show-off and other events across the country. So his three multi-hyphenate titles are scientist, comedian, and audio producer. Because he has an audio award-winning podcast called Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet, which combines science and tech journalism with pop culture and has been described as a new perspective on science and tech and regularly features in Apple's top science podcasts. He's also quite often on BBC Radio 4's podcast Scientifically and can be found sometimes hosting Inside Science and reporting for Crowd Science on the BBC World Service. He also absurdly, is absurdly knowledgeable about the science of cooking, the science of cooking, not necessarily, not the chef side of stuff, but the science of cooking. And we get into all of that in this conversation. And I think that it was really important to have this conversation with Dr. Alex today, because we find that across the black community, there is this huge uh, wave of trying to do ancestry tests and DNA tests with things such as 23andMe, Ancestry, etc. And I was very curious 
um, for Alex's perspective because we've spoken about, we've been friends since 2016, 2017, and we've spoken about DNA tests and, and ancestry testing across the black community and what it can actually show up for us and why it shows us the things that we that we see. What do these things mean? Does me as a West Indian Jamaican man of African descent being shown up as somebody who has say 90% um, Nigerian ancestry and 6% European ancestry, etc. Does that, what does that make me? What does that mean for me? And Alex, you know, quite eruditely and clearly says that, you know, there's a fine line between having our identity and our ancestry and not getting caught up in identifying with what has been said to us too much. Um, and yeah, we have a talk about that. We have a talk about the science of it. We have a talk about why it it shows up in the way it does. Um, you know, whether it is reliable or if it's inaccurate and what that means. But we also have a, a talk about PhDs and why he did it, why he did the PhD he did. And... Um, and as somebody who's interested in going back into education and studying again and getting back, getting back to into into the into the knowledge space once again, it was really interesting to have this chat with him. So this is the conversation I had with Alex. This was recorded last September, and so there was talk around um, a six-month lockdown, which there was <laughs> a lockdown again um towards the end of last year but we had a we had fun we had fun still and at the point when we were recording this is that i was um studying and learning calligraphy i was out here doing things that i am no longer continuing with um i have the calligraphy things and i will pick them up again i just haven't had the capacity in myself to to, to continue doing calligraphy but it, ha it has and was fun um, when I was doing it but yeah Alex and I have a good time in this conversation um, and one of the things that did show up for me was that when you start speaking to friends and you start really um, tapping into learning from one another and guiding one another and helping each other understand things that we can't always understand ourselves it's always amazing to sit down with people to help break down what is what is happening what is going on why why we do the things we do how we're learning what we're learning about as well so Alex does break down all those things for us um he's a really funny guy and I would say go and check out his podcast why aren't you a doctor yet and he co-hosts it with his friends Hannah, Suhail and Oz and they take deep dives into the world of science and technology and I think the latest episode of this season that they've got is about the science of heartbreak so head over to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet and as ever drop a review rate the podcast share it with the people that you want to share it with Let's get in to this week's episode with Dr. Alex Lathbridge. Welcome, Alex, to Time to Talk. 
another Alex on the show with me. You guys can't say? stay away. No, um, basically my goal here is essentially it's a, it's a military coup, a one-man military coup. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, after I absorb this podcast, I'm going to go on and absorb every other podcast with Alex as the host. And soon I will be the only content maker with my name. That's, the, that's the goal. You'll be the only Alex living. Ex- that's my S. No, no, the only Alex creating content. The other okay. Alexes who are doing other stuff, they can live. But basically, <laughs> SEO is really difficult to do. So that's what I'm here for, really. Right. You know what? <laughs> when it comes to SEO and everybody, you know what? Slight tangent immediately. I, the struggle of my name. Oh, yeah. Is that it is the most English name. So you go into <laughs> Instagram and you type in just Alex Holmes, and there's just many. Exactly. There are many, there are, there are many black ones, <laughs> which makes it even worse because you're like, I'm not even like I'm not even I'm one of a few. There are several. So that means getting the handle is annoying. And then exactly. finding the finding the domain name for internet is annoying. So it's one of those and, things. I know. I've watched you recently transition from Alex Reeds to Alex Holmes and everything. Yes. And I'm there like, ha ha, he has to do AlexHolmes.co. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what, yeah? That is a that's a very interesting story. And you know, I'm forward thinking and um people you know, who wants a .co.uk? Who wants a colonial <laughs> domain name? Who wants that? I don't. <laughs> so we're just .co. We're just .co. <laughs> so that's that's where that's where I stand with that. Okay, my man, my man, going with the heavy colonial names. You know what? No, I want to break free of the shackles. Yeah. All right. Talk to the domains heads in, I, in I Switzerland or wherever. I don't want to be. I don't want to be so .uk. <laughs> Who's K? Not my K. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Welcome, Alex, to Time to Talk. Hey, Alex. How's it going? <laughs> now the oh, domain man. chat's out of the way. Domain, All right. now, that, now that's out of the way, and we can really get onto the, we can get onto the heavy stuff. How are you doing? How's life? You know, I'm pretty good. Um, we're just at the point now where another six months, potentially, of lockdown has been announced. Another so how many months? Six. That's was what they were saying, it? right? Was it months? Hold on. Yeah, it wasn't six, it wasn't six weeks. Okay, disclaimer. I don't listen to the news because it just depresses me. And I just like oh. living in a random, random That's ignorance. That's great. That, oh, just I, means actually, that, that just means I can be, you know, um, I can just be angry. <laughs> like whenever I hear stuff, I'm like, what? It's an injustice. I love that um, idea that you are on this Zen desert island and the people that like transport you in like cargo and goods that help you keep living to nourish yourself are like oh hey so world war three is happening you're like what <laughs> i'm like what? where i mean all i see is blue skies and 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 i hear sparrows and it's just it's just nice where i am <laughs> but, appar- but apparently corona only survives past 10 p.m at night so i'm actually getting annoyed i'm really <laughs> So, Let me take off my 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 amateur epidemiology hat. But, uh. okay. So, so we have we're entering into another six months of um, this. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and that, and that illustrates how you are feeling. How, like it's it's interesting because mm. I sort of I'm I'm very good at solitude. I I do like solitude, um, and so this past six months has been fine. It's been me um, and my dog and my partner, so a lot of dog walks and stuff. But um, I've been able to, you know, I'm very fortunate I can work from home and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. been good. 
but I know that for a lot of people who aren't able to do that, it's it's very very difficult. So uh, when I do have hard times and I'm thinking I'm going a bit you know stir crazy or you know am I going to end up agoraphobic or something, I always think like oh no I'm, I'm actually relatively lucky because there are yeah. people that have to go out and do things. Mm. Um, but I mean being self aware aside yeah at some points it does get like there's only so much television i can produce and there is this constant like whirring the back of my head to be productive mm-hmm. and um i have this stupid like stupid knack mm-hmm. of turning all of my um hobbies and stress like things that abate my stress into like revenue streams <laughs> yes so so it's like, oh, hey, you wanna, you wanna do, do you wanna chat about science, do a little podcast? No, no, now you gotta make sure that you know there's ad money coming in. You gotta keep it going. Yeah. You gotta make sure everything's turning. Yeah. So yeah, one thing I pretty much kind of like tried to endeavor to do over this lockdown period was to just say, look, I want to start hobbies, but I want to start them for the sake of starting them, not to be, not to have this creation that i'm sharing with the world you know and it's like it's i mean and it's fine having those hobbies that you want to share and whatnot but i mean i mean i've got this idea that i could do that but it it would happen like all the other things in my life i would mm-hmm. do it get sort of okay at it and then discard it forever yeah um I'd get to a point where it's like hey this is like you put a decent amount of time in like you know so, uh, a general person like someone who's never done it before would say this is beautiful but people who actually do this would say it's rubbish and yeah. then that's the point i get to and i'm like okay i'm done now yeah. i've i've been able to like <laughs> to do achieve something. i've been able to do, do something i'm i'm done now this says a lot about me like, we've said a lot about me in the first sort of five ten minutes not just me talking about myself but how i react to yeah, the positive things that you do <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh, like you know sometimes it's just nice to have something as you said like some just have something that you do just because you do it like it's not necessarily gonna go anywhere but it's just a little thing that you like to do i like to i like to think of myself getting to older age 35 and writing down sitting down in my quiet like desk just you know, pondering like it's 1775. <laughs> this is a really long way of, of you being like, you know, I want to become a 21st century Renaissance man. You know, one that don't try and hide by laughing. Don't try and laugh by hiding the floor. This is an audio medium, so you can't see him, but he's currently, he'd fallen off his chair. Uh, out of his zoom range. Yeah. Thinking I can't see him. It's true, isn't know, it? Low key, when I watched um, Hamilton and um, on Disney Plus, because I never Obviously. had, I never had, <laughs> the fortune of going to watch it and um yeah man I, re- I related to him i related to alexander hamilton like we we had a kin you know we sim- you know same names out here you know same initials same initials out here um and like yeah he used to sit at his desk with his quill obviously it was the, the time yeah, I'm is that like, is that why you started doing calligraphy? No, it wasn't. I started before. Oh my god! So you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He started before. Anyway, oh, yeah. I thought he had a quill. I thought you know what is a twenty first century version yeah. of a quill? You what know what? Like? Like? I, I, I I want to be that. I want to be that person. You know, I've got all my vinyl in the background. So why don't I? Just, oh no, I don't have vinyl. I wouldn't vinyl. No, like I just I don't see the. I, I admire people that collect them. I just don't see myself doing that. 
See, I'm very particular is. about about how about what kind of analog I go down. And then oh, yeah? like, I'm very like, all right, writing so, and reading, analog, <laughs> <laughs> everything else. Let's keep that digital music, whatever. So it's all good. But yes, um, what is the quote that you have to oh, today to bring? My quote. My quote. <clears throat> Do you want the quote first, and who it's by, or who it's by, and then the quote? Screw it. I'll go off script. My quote is, uh, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. And that's by Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, I just think it's a great thing, you know. She was born in 1867. She died in 1934. Did all that good science. I mean, some of the best science. Yeah. I just, I like her. I like, mm-hmm. I like I like that quote. It makes me happy. It makes me feel like the world is there for us to truly understand. Like one day we will understand everything. There's still magic in the world, you know, mm. like, but we will fundamentally like understand what's yeah. going on, yeah. which is nice. It, it speaks mm. to me because I was always that kid, you know, when you turn the lights off and then you sprint to your bedroom, I feel mm. like, right, this is what science has done to me. My many years in science, I can be like, you know what? I don't need to sprint to the bedroom when I turn the lights off. There's nothing here that can get me. My choice to sprint to the bedroom is so when I get in bed, um, I can hide from the monsters underneath my bed, which are you know more likely to be found than the hallway monsters. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's my quote. That is, yeah, you look so unimpressed by it. No, do you know what, <laughs> do you know what I was thinking? I was just thinking of an Instagram video when someone said, I think they said, um, this is what it's. This is what it's like running. Like this is what it's like when I turn the lights off and run to my room, and like you turn the lights off and run to his room, and like some some dark shadow is chasing him, and he gets to his room and the shadow is like, damn, I can't get in. <laughs> and it's like, and it's just like, but it's true though, you know. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to run from that. Yeah, so just tell the people a bit about you and kind of like what you do. Yeah, you're a doctor. You're you're. You're a doctor. <laughs> okay. Tell people about you being a doctor. <laughs> and what kind of doctor you are. You think you're funny, don't you? You think, ah, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to set him up to fall. But you know what? I'm going to own it. No, I'm not a medical doctor. My name is Dr. Alex Lathbridge. I've got a PhD in biochemistry and computational biology. All right. And actually, you've actually got to know that doctor like the idea of doctor and doctorate came from people doing doctorate degrees, doctoral degrees, medics and physicians co-opted that term later on. All right. So if anything, I'm the original, I, I, I'm, I'm the original one. All right. You're the original so, doctor. Yeah, exactly. It's like when, you know, when people buy, I don't know if you ever had this, where people would buy like really nice fake Nikes and then eventually the fake ones would become more in vogue than the real ones just mm-hmm. from like critical mass yeah. um and so then you're like but no mine are the real ones mine are the, mine look nice doesn't matter if they're real the other ones look nicer I'm like oh damn oh. And, that's, and that's how you compare the doctorates to that's the how and you know what yeah i'm happy with my life choices and <laughs> the thing is yeah i've already made my peace with it i've already had people like in my family just kick me down about it so i'm there like I'm, you know I'm, what? Sen- I'm sensing the trauma I'm sensing i am no no you know what i'm centered <laughs> Alex Holmes, I am centered right now. It is water off a duck's back. All right. But yeah. So, so tell me about chemistry and computational biology. Like what does, what's, what's computational biology? 
Okay, so uh, I do biochemistry and computational biology, and now it's Bio all done now. Thank God. Um, it is. I know you've got to add the bio in it, otherwise mm. it's just the boring chemistry. Yeah. Um, so essentially, it's looking at the fundamentals of of life, the um, the chemistry underpinning the biology of life. Hence the term biochemistry. Mm. I know. Follow me here, Alex. And um, so part of my work is the part of my work. That's a dog. Part of my work is uh, I looked at um, how we can use like computers and AI and stuff. I say AI, like simulations um, to design like things, molecules that could eventually target like cancer. Basically using programming to target cancer is the best way of saying. It. And you know what? Did it for like four or five years. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. Like it was, it's good. I've learned so much about the world and really like digging down into it, into like what makes the world tick, at least in this one small area. And I think that's really cool, personally. Like, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Have you always wanted to go into science in that way? What yeah. was the, um, hmm. what was the thing that kind of sparked you? Because I mean, personally, to me, like PhDs weren't necessarily something that was a, an option in a sense. When people, whenever you think of a doctor, you think of a medic, you think of a physician. Um, you didn't think of a, you don't think of it in an academic sense, <clears throat> or even just scientific. Until you get a bit older, and then you, and then you start to think of it, distance yourself from it a little bit. So, what kind of put you on that path? Um, I was always a stupidly curious kid. Yeah. Like, you know, those kids are like, oh, he's just a bit bright and curious. Oh, he's just, you know, he's he's quite curious, curious. No, like, this child was curious with a death wish. Um, so, you know, in order to see how things work, I'd be like, oh, you know, on plugs, you've got the earth. And, oh, what is this little plug socket? Why is it like, you know, you've got to poke something in there for the rest of it to show up. So that's how you can execute yourself. Like, I took it to levels, like... You know, I when I was like 13, 14, I just thought about this recently because it's one of my favorite scars. I don't know if you can see it. It's on this finger. You probably can't. Um, but like that little bump here, like a little Bernie bump here. Mm -hmm. um, it came from when I was like 13, 14. Um, do you remember the website Instructables? It's no. still a thing. Okay, basically um, in like the mid to, mid to late 2000s, it was, it was like... <laughs> It was a terrifying place to be, essentially, because you could find all manner of like wild stuff there. And um, I learned how to make um, a taser glove. Like, have you ever seen the Boondocks? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there's one episode where Huey has a black power fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like an electric one. I was like, you know what? I can make one of those. Mm -hmm. So I did. Um, my only issue was the like learning off the instructables thing. I ended up like, using a <clears throat> like using a, a a taser that i bought from a mate whose cousin bought it off alibaba back when alibaba was actually like unregulated oh, wow. <laughs> so like it was super difficult i added an extra power source to a and i used a goalie glove for that and i added an extra power source to a shin pad taped around my forearm um so i was really going for it and wow. like i didn't insulate it properly the glove was too thin. Um, I hadn't like clipped some wires when I sold it. So I ended up burning myself a little bit. It was completely worth it. Um, so I was that kind of child. What like I mind. always, wow. yeah, no. Oh, the, the way my, my, my dad found out the way, <laughs> was it worth it? Just about, <laughs> okay. just about. 
Um, but generally the actual thing that really got me into like biochemistry specifically was food. Like mm. I love cooking. Cooking is my go-to thing. Cooking is my, my relaxation. And, um, I guess the fact that I could really understand like the chemistry behind Trans- why an yeah, egg fries. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love to me, food is magical. And so looking at the process underpinning that I thought was beautiful. And then I had a chemistry teacher who was like, here's a book all about that, that chemistry of cooking. And I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do at uni. And I'm super interested in that kind of stuff. Here's what I'm going to do, you know, afterwards. Um, and yeah, it was since then I've just been like, this is, this is kind of stuff. Like, I like it. This is the kind of stuff I like. I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, I became quite, quite abstract minded I think like when it comes to science, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, um, is that you have to be quite factual minded. Like you have to be, you have to be going in with a um, hypothesis, and it has to be proved or disproved. You know, um, for me, I'm very abstract and very like. I'll be like, oh, why does an egg fry? And I'll be like, actually, the construction of that sentence is quite fun. And then I just be kind of like going off in a different way, you know, and like thinking about it in completely different. No, I think what you've said there, the two things aren't mutually exclusive because, mm. you know, why doesn't egg fry? And you're thinking, oh, but that sentence, the order of it, why does a fry egg? What is frying? Like all these, yeah. all of these different things Like when you think about them to mm. me is, is where it comes from. You know, why is an egg fry? And you think, oh, it's just as easy. It's like you break down what is you know what is frying what technically counts an egg where does an egg begin and end you know what 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 are the parameters for an egg what technically is frying when it comes to this egg like all of these things you can really think of it abstract so when you say you've got a hypothesis you want to prove it disprove it or whatever you can end up being like oh i had this hypothesis and i wanted to prove it or disprove it but i found something completely different you know one plus one is at this point equaling 26 don't know how we got here Let's spend the next three years finding out why, you know? Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of beauty. There is a lot of creativity in science. Like people don't seem to realize that. Mm. Most of what I do um, in what I've done in my life has been incredibly creative, but just with the underpinning of facts and figures and stuff. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. How long did it take you to complete your doctorate? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> you really just going to say, I'm going to collect my bags and go? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Nah, How long did it take? Nah, um, it took me four years. Okay. So um, I did three years of undergrad. I worked for a year and then did four years of PhD. So that is eight years of my life and five of them in there where I could have been earning. I should have gone and worked in the city or something. I could have earned big, big money doing yeah. things. And then I'd be happier in life. I'm kidding, of course. That would have destroyed my soul because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. Do you ever think that it's um, like if you're suggesting to somebody to do a doctorate, and um, is it better to do it straight off the back off the back of uni, or is it something that you think people can do at any point, or is it better to do after? Or <laughs> go live life. I'm like, go go enjoy yourself because afterwards. So. I, I'm not going to say trauma you're left with, but it's 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 grueling. It, it knocks you down and it puts yeah. you in a position where um, you 
like it will kick you in the head and you'll you'll be you'll still be thinking like it's my fault it's my fault mm-hmm. things don't work it's my fault it's my fault maybe that's just science um but no like i when i was working in the lab i had people who were like you know 30 40 you know like in some places in department some people were older like 50 and then one person i think just graduated they were like 60 um so you can do it like whenever you want um i think the older the better probably because you have a better mindset your head screwed on a little bit differently mm-hmm. and um yeah and you can often find like just funding and money so you don't pay for it out of pocket mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. um but don't do what i did if you're black and go to the middle of the west country bath because no one can cut your hair um you can't buy maggie cube you can't do anything and people will say that you're Okay, this is a very niche thing. You can cut it out completely if you want to. <laughs> but I had to actually explain to these people that kissing your teeth isn't tutting. Oh no! Okay. Because I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, you know, I had to explain uh, KMT. I like, oh, kiss my teeth, and they're like, what's that? I was like, and they're like, no, I think you mean tutting. And I was like, I think, I think you think mean fuck off. <laughs> um, so I had to like go and find a sociology paper for them. I, oh. I was like, no, yeah, a sociology paper from the University of Essex to be like, no, look, here is a linguistic analysis of kissing one's teeth. Suck your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you could have gone over to Bristol and got your Maggie. Yeah, but you know what? I, oh, what's, what's that? That's a strange fruit that you're talking I don't know what this planting thing is. Don't anyway. Guess. Don't worry, I wouldn't come onto your um, your, your platform and call don't, you. Don't do this today. No, because <laughs> you, you know how I stay. You know how I stay ready. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not doing this today. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, you could you could on to Bristol. I did, I did, I did. But do you know what? It's very, very difficult when you're already tired from a day of stress to yeah, be like, yeah. oh, let me go, let me go to St. Paul's and get my hair cut. And yeah, yeah. yeah I feel also, good. driving Bristol's long, man. <laughs> I hear that. Right. So, okay. So, I mean, we've spoken quite a bit before. Yes. Um, just over the years, just about. Um, since 2017, I'm sorry. Since, since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> we have spoken about this since 2017. Um, oh my God, it feels such a long time ago. Like, shush. <laughs> um, over the years, we've just been speaking about um, ancestry tests, and mm. you know, this is this is a quite a contentious topic mm. for many reasons uh, for Black people, um, for scientists, <laughs> for Black scientists, and um, just general people who just don't trust tech companies and other and the like. So, I wanted to just have a conversation around. Um, like your thoughts on on you know ancestry tests and what that means for black identity and kind of where where we kind of go from here. So <clears throat> when we look at ancestry tests and you know when I set up this question, it's more of a look at the the twenty three and Me's, the ancestry dot co uk or ancestry dot org whichever one it it's is. Okay, we're not we're not here for colonial uh, domain names. We're it's not fine. here for colonial domain names. <laughs> um, ancestry um, tests and stuff, and I would say that black people we have a well, I would say West Indian from my context anyway have a very 
tricky time in trying to find out their heritage and the lineage in which they come from. A lot of the time people were told their hair is one particular way and it's just like, why is my hair like this? Let me find out. And then you find out you're 6% European and you're like, oh my God, that's where it comes from. And it might just not be in general. Um, Or, you know, or just generally connecting with people across the world that share similar DNA to you. Um, But also there's a controversial side to all of that. Yeah. Um... I think my main thing, um, and you know, this might change if you go through this conversation. Uh, hopefully, it won't. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm always hoping to my views being changed. Um, is the idea of ancestry and identity are not linked? If that makes sense, mm. like what's in your DNA doesn't make up your identity, and I think that's a thing that gets brought up like when you see people chatting online on twitter and stuff like they you know people use it in so many different words and verbosely or not so verbosely but like that's what it essentially boils down to does ancestry come from genetic like just you know does um your identity come from your genetic ancestry from your dna and the answer is no you know there's no jamaican gene there's no mm. you know there's no Ghanaian gene there's no you know, a can, a shanty, you know, yeah. gene. So that's not at all how it works. Um, and I think that a lot of people struggle with that. And I'm always very hesitant to speak on it. Not, I'm, I'm happy to speak on it. I, I like speaking on it from the perspective of a black scientist, but I struggle to speak on it because, you know, I'm Ghana and like, you know, my parents are from Ghana, you know, I can go to Ghana and be like, this is where my family from, this is where my grandparents, you know, villages, this is where, you know, where my dad's from, like all of these different things. Um, so I'm very fortunate, very blessed in that perspective. Whereas I guess from your perspective, like linking back to Africa, um, and it's always done this very romanticized way, which always um, mm. scares me a little bit, but, um, you know, I imagine that for you, it's quite a different relationship and stuff, being yeah, sort of West you, Indian. You know what, and being from Jamaica, it's just like, we're very aware that we are African-Caribbean, like, we are of African heritage in the Caribbean, that's just a very clear um, um, thing for us, and where I can go back to my granddad's village, well, mm. town, country, whatever it is, like, I, I can go back there and I can kind of trace back to how he grew up and then how my grand my great grandparents grew up and whatnot. It stops at a particular point because the 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 what's the word? The the trail just kind of runs thin. So we have no idea when we got to the island. We could have got to the island at the end of the 18th century, at the end of the 18th century, and we've only and probably only ever been there for like two generations before we started to be trailed off. I mean, mm. like trailed off like we can be kind of registered forward. Um, and in and but then it's just and then what? Like, so if it's two generations, then where exactly is, is this coming from, you know? And or how long have you been on the island? You know, have you been on the island since like 16, whenever? It's that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so that's that's what makes it, that's what makes it tricky. 
And yeah, like I can <clears throat> say I can relate. I can't relate to that mm. um, because my relationship with my ancestry is much more, I say, linear, like it's easier for me. Um, but sort of something you touched on there, this idea of like the trail running cold. And that's where I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's where I think that for a lot of people, especially um, in sort of African-American diaspora or sort of West Indian, that kind of sort of area and stuff, people who were you know, directly affected by, you know, at least in the Americas, like the slave trade and that, um, slave trade and that, fucking hell. That sounds a lot more glib than I meant it to be, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, the atrocities of that um, is that I think that it then leads to people wanting to do these ancestry tests, these, you know, direct-to-consumer ancestry tests. And that's where I feel things become quite murky. Mm. Um, because, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of what I've said so far in that? No, it's... Yes, I agree. And um, I, like, I, I get to I get to a point where I'm just like, you know, I've done these tests. I've done them because I've been curious as to find out what that is. You know, I wanted to find out if I was of um, Ghanaian, Nigerian heritage, so that I could kind of then begin a, a trail of some kind, or then or find some kind of affiliation. Turns out, I am of many places. And it's it's very hard for me to say um, one 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 thing or the other, and um, but it's very much West African, like you know, it's the, it's the odd, it's like the the six percent European was, was my example, <laughs> that the the one bit, but it's 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 that level of, yeah, we are we are we are led to kind of try to find that sense of connection and that understanding with who we are and ourselves through these um companies that can then harbor our our dna and like you know i i i've watched a lot of dystopian films and read of quite a few dystopian books and i don't want to walk down the street in like um Sydney, Australia, and see me. <laughs> just, just there, just another, just someone that looks like me, cloned. Oh, a clone! Like for a second there, I was like, I don't want to walk down Sydney, Australia, and see like a billboard of me. I was like, bro, have some ambition. There's this. If you, I remember, like, you remember seeing? Do you remember the island? That film, the island. Have you seen yeah. it with Ewan McGregor, Scarlett yes. Johansson? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they use, you know, uh, I don't want to. You know what, man? It's been, out for long, it's, been out, it's been out for long enough, man. Anyway, so they use clones to they use clones as a way to prolong human life, mm. in the sense that they just kind of create them based on whoever and, and like take their best um, their best organs and whatnot for the people that they've been cloned from. Um, so it raises that question of you know, do are, are clones people, etc. Anyway, Fuck. I don't want that. I, I don't want that to be happening to me. I don't want, I don't want my I don't want my DNA to be used in yeah. a way that I don't know. I mean, how how would you handle another you um, equaling in this sort of very nice baritone, but at the same time giving you backhanded compliments? The two of you would just it'd become perpetual, back and forth, back and forth, and then you'd have no time to do your calligraphy, would you? No, it'd be like all right, all right, because you know, as I said, we, we stay ready, so we'd be mm -hmm. out here just staying ready to go. <laughs> like, exactly, you know, you, you'd be... either you'd either double yourself up or cancel each other out, and like. <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic. I don't think my timeline could handle more inspirational quotes. At this yeah. point, I'd be too inspirationed out. All right. Because sometimes I read your inspirational quotes and I'm like, damn, what am I doing in my life? 
damn, maybe Alex will help me better. I should listen to his stuff. Damn, maybe not. If there even two of us. <laughs> if there are two of you, and that'll make, your, that'll make your SEO even worse. So like, do you mean the first Alex Holmes or the second one? Does he, does, that one's on .co, but that one's on .mx. Mm, which one? Which one, which one do I choose? <laughs> and it's that. It's just like, you don't want to actually sit down and say, you know, you've got, your, your DNA is just elsewhere. And I go back and forth with this because it's like you're you're only doing this because of the impacts of slavery and racism, you know? So like, you know, and then they harbor your DNA. So yeah, I go back and forth. Um, so with that, I, I sort of say, yeah, take a look at the privacy and the terms and conditions of any direct consumer company that you choose to use. It's, you know, it's your choice in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the that's a really nice way of saying ah well you fucked now Alex aren't you you did it already uh, but I can then say I did it as well so we're both in the oh, same yeah. boat um, and but with the direct consumer testing itself <clears throat> I'm not I'm not a fan so I mean do you know how it works no explain oh. to me how it works um, I can do that <laughs> so <clears throat> Um, you give your DNA, right? Um, so you spit in a little tube and then you send it off in the post, which is really weird when you think about it like out loud. It's yeah. like, I'm paying to spit in a tube. Absolutely. Right? Um, so they get your data, they extract the DNA from it, and they do a thing called genetic sequencing. So basically turning, and this is where computational biology comes in, they turn your um, that DNA data, that DNA into like um, sort of digital data. And so then what they're able to do is take your DNA, like the digital data of that, um, and they're able to cross-reference it mm-hmm. with a reference database they have, right? And that's how, and then doing some pretty interesting statistics and sort of learning in that, it's how they're able to um, say, you know, you're 6% this, you're 10% this, you're da 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 Because what they're doing is they're essentially painting your um your your DNA, if that makes sense. So they're saying, oh, this bit, this data, oh, it looks like um, a you know a data set, a, a you know a certain genetic mutation um, that we've only seen in um, some people in York, or oh, this looks like a a particular um, sort of type of DNA, a bit you know some um, information. I'm trying to keep it as general as possible to not use yeah. fancy sciencey words, yeah. uh, and. Um, Bullshit sciencey words. I hate them so much. Anyway, um, you know, this other one looks like a piece that we found in West Africa. Oh, this looks like a piece that we found broadly in Brazil. And so what ends up happening is you tend to get these different levels of you know response. Like you can say, you know, you are five percent French, you know, whereas you can say that you are also ten percent broadly West African, you know. Mm-hmm. And where this information comes from, it comes from public databases. So um, we, like scientists, we essentially have like Wikipedia um, of like public database of of genetic data from like research and that, Um, like 10,000 Genomes Project, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, But then there's also private data. So that mm-hmm. tends to be custom private data. And so what will happen is when you do these tests, like did when you did your test, did you have to... Um, like fill out a little survey saying like, oh, where you're from, where your parents were from and stuff. No. Well, 
it's changed now because you do. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe on, like, maybe it's just with 23andMe, like when you're clicking certain things, how they find out your sort of DNA relatives and that. But what that does, it's self-reporting. So what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we know we've got your data and you're telling us where your parents were from and where your grandparents are from. And then from that, we can sort of work out a map of where we think your data fits in within our reference data set. Which is why two things. One is why your data will often be very skewed to Europe. Because if you're taking public data sets, which are often European, like heavily weighted towards European data, mm. and you're taking customer data sets. Now, if you're doing a genetic testing um, service that costs £100 a pop, you know, um, you're not really, if like, you're not going to do it if you don't have money to burn. And generally, the, um, the, at least at the start, when these things first came out, the customers were mostly white American or white European. Mm. Yeah. So if you have a database that's heavily skewed towards those populations, that's the, the data you're going to get, you know, so you're going to be, you're going to match, you know, your now, you know, you're Jamaican, like you're going to match that data set and trying to match it up to data that's like brought mostly European. So that's why they're able to be like, you're 6% French, you know, because we have so much French data. But mm. we can say you're broadly West African because we have, we have very, very little. little. And oh. with that, I'm just, I'm just monologuing at this point because mm. I fucking, uh, I have, I feel some kind of way. Um, and when we're talking about it, like we're 23 and me, their reference data set is like less than 10,000 people. Mm. And in West Africa, there are, or in Africa as total, there's 1.3 billion people. Mm -hmm. In West Africa, there's about 400 million. So 36,000 people, 36,000 individuals out of 400 million. Mm. Like it, it's not particularly, doesn't tell you a lot. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that is not a particularly good sample. That's like 0.00 whatever percent. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that's what happens. And on a very final note, they do not tell you where you've come from. They tell you if your DNA is similar to people who live there today. Right, okay. Because those are the people that use it. They are you are similar to other people who have taken DNA tests, whose DNA that we have currently. Mm. You know, so we are not exhuming the bodies of people's grandparents to take their DNA data. You know, we don't have great grandparents' right. DNA data. We have the data from now. So we are saying that you, Alex Holmes, are you know you are um, not six percent, but like we're able to match up some of your DNA to people from Nigeria, particularly Yoruba people, um, based on people who live there today, who have also done this test. Does that make sense? Yeah. Basically, it's, it's kind of like, it's a bit of not nonsense, but you need to go in knowing what you're getting. That was like a two and a half minute. Um, no, I, I, no it, it, I think it's very, um, I think it's very informative to a lot of people because, you know, it's this, it, I think in, in some instances, it becomes this trend where people are like, oh yeah, let's all do it. Yeah, let's all do it. And we'll, we'll, I want to find out this. I want to find out blah, blah, blah. And, and what I think it's, I think it's, you know, at its core, um, a pretty much a good thing. Um, sometimes people just be like, it, it's very difficult to get specific, isn't it? Like, yeah. I'm even looking at my, um, my report now mm -hmm. and, you know, 25%, of my report suggests that I'm Ghanaian. And uh, uh, uh. 
and fifty percent suggests I'm Nigerian. So then it's like, what? So is going um, on? You, <laughs> so it's I a mean, bit like West African is like eighty-three percent. I was gonna say, are you on the website right now? I am. Um, okay, I'm gonna load up the website as well, um, and we get to do a fun thing with statistics. Um, bear with me for a second. Okay. Right. I'm going to log in. Hopefully, I'm not wasting your time with this. Um, I love the interval music that you just created for this. Come on, sign in. Okay, right. So I'm looking at Ancestry. If you want to load, that would be great. If you could, that would be wonderful. Right, view your ancestry composition. Great. Sick. Da -da 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 -da. So you've clicked like view your ancestry composition, right? Yeah. All right. Now, let's see. Once my load, I can tell you. Yeah. So if you, uh, where is it? Now, if you scroll down, yeah, it'll tell you, like, it'll say your ancestry composition, your chromosome painting. That's what I was saying about them sort of painting your DNA, saying, like, where this bit fits in. Are you on that section? Yes. So, do you see on the left, it says change confidence level? Yes. So, click it. What does it say currently? 50% speculative. That is speculative data. So, that is statistically, eh. Now, if you take it up to 90% and like 90% conservative level, which is actually quite rigorous, what's it saying now? It's, it's sorry, it was doing something really weird. That's um, all right. Oh. Yeah, it's changed the fair bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it says 11% Nigerian. Whereas before, Ghanaian, and there we go. It says 44.7% broadly West African. See, that is the actual thing. When you dig into the science of it, when you actually look at it with a scientific um, eye, these things are not as good. They are fallible. Of course, they're fallible. But mm. with what we're even getting now, if you take a look at it, it's very fallible. You know, mine says currently I'm 6.1% unassigned because mm. they just don't have the data for it. You know, um, and so with that, that is that's your first insight and anyone listening who's ever done this please if you've if you've done 23 and me go on there look at your change the confidence level so yeah that is a thing and, and i think my issue with this you know like you say people are like oh let's all do it together let's all do it together it becomes a point where especially within you know african diaspora communities you know um you are selling identity i don't mean identity theft but you are selling the the idea of if people want to, you know, um, they have a real desire to, you know, get past where the trail was broken due to the transatlantic slave trade and the horrors of that, mm. you know, they want to reconnect with Africa um, for whatever reason that they have. You get to a point where you are selling these people, not false hope, not false dreams. I don't mean that, but it's not in bad faith, but do you understand what I mean? It's mm. like you yeah. are selling them like what they want, what they need, and you aren't realizing that it's not technically completely correct with what we have now. Like I said, 36,000 West African, like, you know, or however many thousand um, West African data points out of 400 million people. 
you're not going to get statistically great stuff and they are very aware of that and it just requires the fact that uh, that a lot of people don't look through this data um mm. look through like the scientific white papers of this and actually really yeah. do a deep dive into it or or, or know what to look for exactly. I, didn't even, I didn't even know you could do that so exactly. that is very interesting that is very interesting yeah. so it just gives you a broad idea it gives you a broad idea and a lot more specific okay and okay. do you see how you're on it says like sub-saharan africa in a certain amount like it'll give countries but if you have european it will be able to say you you are British and Irish, you are French and yeah. German. Like you can even sometimes with certain statistics, you can break it down by town and region. That's how much data they have okay. from the European people. And that's and that's because more of them were doing it. Mm-hmm. So is that is the question then that more black people should be doing it? Or what? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what is the question? You know what I mean? then it depends on where, how you feel about it. So of course, I think having more DNA data um, from people all across the world helps. It helps in medicine, all right? If we're able to do, like we're trying to make medicine that's targeted to certain people, you know, really trying to help people with certain forms of disease, having better DNA, having more um, personalized treatment, that's good. But then it becomes an issue of privacy and what people, what you want with them, um, what you, you, how you feel about your your DNA being used by um, sort of different companies, and you know if you trust them, and it's a matter of trust. So, do I believe that everyone's genetic data should be held by one big consumer company? You know, Twenty Three and Me, if I remember correctly, um, mm. the it's got very big ties with Google. Like the head person, I think, yeah. is the wife of um of i think one of the google founders or some such i mean you can edit it out when i'm proved completely wrong but you see what i mean this is a commercial company um no matter what kind of fonts they use and how nice the graphics are yeah so that's one thing but then you move on to companies um that are very much targeting the black community um and that's where i feel it becomes a bit more predatory um i'm going to have to ask Give it examples of them, or do you um, want to say? You know what? Let me not say. Okay. I'm not going to say anything because libel and um, your boys here trying to get that <laughs> that that science broadcaster money, yeah. and you know, a world service and that. So let me not. Let me not. Let me not mess that up, you know. Um, if you're like me, you're like me on BBC Radio 4 Scientifically and on um, BBC World Service. Um, and um, I hear you. Yeah, thank you. you. Just just so I had to get that out there. So um, there are certain companies that say that they are going to give African-Americans a chance to rekindle, like to rekindle, to, to reform their relationship with Africa. Mm-hmm. Cool. They do that, not with the way that sort of 23andMe gives a statistical breakdown. They um, give you in the form of a certificate saying that you are from here. You are from, oh, no, some companies do it giving a form of a certificate, some libel. Um, and the companies that do that, you then, that, that's a difficulty. You do not get the breakdown. You just get someone saying, you are this. We've done the, we've done the research. You are this. Mm. Right. But these tests can sometimes cost more than um, 
the like 23andMe or other ones. I can, I'm not trying to be a 23andMe shill. I'm just, there's one we're currently looking at, like Ancestry and stuff. You know, yeah. Some of these tests can be up to 300 pounds mm. and they'll say that they are only looking at one side, your maternal side, and then they'll look at your paternal side for another 300. You see what I mean? Mm. And at that point, you are, you are, you are essentially getting people who have suffered, really suffered, you know, generational trauma and making them pay a certain amount of money and then for it to be not entirely correct and for you at least to not give them a breakdown or a a you know a caveat a real big caveat i feel is um that for the companies that do do that it can be predatory not predatory not acting in bad faith i don't even think they're acting in bad faith i just think it's a very difficult situation because even the ones that say you know we have the largest black data you know an african database even if it's 50,000, 100,000 people, 100,000 out of 400 million people who live in West Africa mm. is not a lot. If we think West Africa is a place where a lot of the slave trade took place, um, where people came from. So mm. that's why I don't particularly like genetic testing. Um, and I particularly don't like it when it's targeted, as a targeted at um black people especially the african-american you know west indian communities i don't i'm not a fan of it and mm. especially for incredibly high price points how can you put someone who's already suffered so much and then tell them if you if you pay this amount of money we will give you essentially an identity so you are selling an identity you're saying from this ancestry you are this identity like alex if i say to you yeah mm. you are 11 percent Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. Are you instantly gonna come to a cry with me and full, like we'll do full kente? I'll take you to chop bar like you are. Is that is that yes. is that what you're gonna do? Are you? I mean, apart from that, but are you gonna say, <laughs> you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm no longer Jamaican. All right, I'm not going in. No, <laughs> but I will be like, I am Jamaican by way of. Accra, you know what I mean? <laughs> or by the Accra people, you know what I mean? But like, no, I see what you're saying. I get what you mean. And um, and it's just interesting what you what you said at, at the very beginning about ancestry versus identity and getting to, getting to that point. And so many of us just feel so lost. I mean, and yeah, I'm speaking broadly, um, projecting my own feelings on okay. everybody else. But, you know, you feel lost because it gets to a point where it's not enough you know and it's like you've got um a lot of european people who can tr- like when i watch okay when i watch things like so who do you think you are i <laughs> like you know we I, I don't i love watching it because i like i like stories i like seeing how people yeah. get to where they end up getting to right mm-hmm. it's when it, it's when my heart kind of like does this thing I think it's called a palpitation. <laughs> when it's like, I wouldn't know. I'm not that kind of doctor. You're not that kind of doctor. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, my heart palpitates when it, when a black person comes on the screen because I'm just like, here we go. They're going to be from typically London. They're going to get the test and they're going to go to where they where their parents are from, which is Jamaica, Grenada, Barbados, or wherever. They're going to get a bit of information it's going to trace it back to a white slave owner and then it's going to probably just be like stop there and then they're going to go a bit further back and it's going to be very shaky birth certificates very shaky marriage certificates very unclear names very unclear everything and then it's like 
Credits. I've made, then it's like credits. I've made peace with where I'm from. <laughs> we knew that we were from the West Indies. You know what I mean? We knew this. Yes, we didn't know specifics with regards to the with, to the to the lineage and stuff. But then when I see people like I'm not gonna name I'm not gonna name names, but when I see certain celebrities and they go Reggie Yates, in it. Not him. Not him. But when I see like white celebrities go in and they are now Danny they, Dyer, and they they go to they go to like. They go to the 1800s mm. and they see portraits of their of their grandparents, their great great grandparents, and mm. then they go to the 1700s. There was one that even went back as far as like 14 something something or the other, and I was like, "That is remarkable that you can go that far in general." I and think, yeah, I just find it all a bit I think, not unfair, but yeah, no, it's completely unfair. I think the fact is your identity should be a part of you you know you should be able to you should be able to say where you've come from you should be able to you have that you know if it's something that grounds you something you want you're in history that's something you should get yeah. the issue then becomes when you have a massive gap as you do as lots of african americans do so if someone says to you i can fill that gap for you it will cost you 100 200 300 600 dollars um you know but is that enough you know mm -hmm. And, you know, it then becomes a, it, you're like, are these people doing it for altruistic gains? No, because it's a commercial thing. It's always mm. a commercial entity. Mm. Like, I'm very lucky in that, like, my mum is fancy. So we can go up, like, my grandfather's, like, maternal line. Mm. And because um, fancy's there, matrilineal. And so I can be like, oh, my grandmother did this. My great-grandmother did this. I think we go all the way back to the, I want to say, 18 when was the french revolution like 1800s 1700s like the late 1700s they, they, were the, they, they were the precursor for the american revolution yeah so 1700s yeah. yeah so that's how far back we can i can take on my mother's side at least i can be like look we can go back to basically the family history is like one guy came from uh to west africa because he was trying to escape the french revolution or after the french revolution and working that like i can get all the way to where i am now 1789 yeah. there we go bang and that lines up so it's a, you know, a fair few generations i can do that on one time because you know fancy the custom we have that you know we, we have that ability to look back um culturally you know i know some places in central africa they have like they will look through their history and they'll keep it for you know a certain massive record um, you know, based on events like, you know, an earthquake happened, this person was born a year before the earthquake, you know, like in Ghana, like we'll have a naming thing. So it'd be like, you know, this person was an elder born twin, this person came after, was hard to conceive, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So like that would mean that they were maybe born as the parent was late in life, like all that kind of stuff. So there's rich history there. And so I think that directly profiting off that for people in communities that don't have that link there is wrong it's like having a ladder and you can see the other part of the ladder at the top and like oh yeah i can do that i can do that and then they're like oh there's missing a bit in between oh but we can give it to you for a certain amount of money will this ladder work we don't know but it's the mm. best you're getting mm. Mm. um so yeah that is my ramble on direct consumer testing and okay. i'm saying with all of that the ones that are specifically targeted to african americans i'm saying all of this in a general term all of this is allegedly all of this is um the thoughts of me myself as i am in um end of september 2020 that may change in future and i'm more than happy for that there we go there we go <laughs>
Well, thank you for that. Um, and I think just, that you know, and I think that there will be, there will be some clarity and um, yeah. like for listeners as well. And you know, it, it's something that is so pertinent to the to the black community. Um, and that's the only community I can really speak from. Um, but just for everybody involved in general, just kind of like wider understanding about where where we're kind of placing our DNA and just the the, the wider reasons why. Um, we're doing that. I mean, I can tell you something quite interesting mm-hmm. is that you, going back a certain amount of generations, will not have the same DNA. You can necessarily have, you can necessarily not share DNA with people that you're related to. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So if you think about, um, you get half your DNA from your mum, half DNA from your dad, mm-hmm. and depending on how that split, any every generation, every generation, every generation, you can go back a certain number of generations, and you could, that could be a great, 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 great grandparent and you not have any dna that's shared with them does that make sense it's like a very interesting way of thinking about that and so i think that really makes you understand that genetics and genetic data does not mean identity and so if you're doing these tests do them for a bit of fun do not do them to get your identity from it especially from places that say they will give you that and will then sell you additional merchandise um to that effect and um yeah and <laughs> well thank you so much alex for joining me on uh, on time to talk um you know just 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 kind of direct people where they can find you and um tell us a bit about your podcast oh shit um my podcast is called why aren't you a doctor yet it was made um in fun jest i thought it was going to be a couple of episodes the name is just you know, a bit of laugh for people who've ever had that question thrown at them um, it's science and tech, but like witty, and it, it's like if you like science and tech podcasts, but you don't like them, it's it's fun. You know, we talk about genetic testing like this. We talk about you know coronavirus from the perspective of people who are actually going to have to be key workers at some point. Like mm. all of these things, are not done in a very talking down to um, you know black and Asian cultures and that, saying you people are ignorant about things. We actually look at these things from a really wider view. And um, yeah, it's honestly a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And um, it's been very difficult to produce content during COVID. But that being said, um, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Thermoflynamics. Um, please just put the, the, the my at in the show notes, Alex, because I'm not going to spell it. Um, you can find me on Instagram, the same place. Um, you can also find me on alexathbridge.com. You can see me on or hear me on BBC World Service um, on the scientific on the crowd science podcast, and you can hear me every week or so on the BBC Scientifically podcast from Radio Four and on BBC Sounds. And um, yeah, just come say hey. What up? Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you again for this for, for joining me on the show. You know, I much appreciate you. you, even though we we attacking each other. What? Attack? What was this yeah, attack? Yeah, we, got, we be attacking each other. You got, you got, you got and, to remember. You got to attacking, remember. You be attacking me. What I'm going to remember is that, that as <laughs> look, look, as as a as a Ghanaian man, British Ghanaian, Ghanaian man, I've been brought up in a certain way. And this isn't attacking. This is witty banter. All right. This is fun. <laughs> it's all up. <laughs> it's all up. All right. You can stop recording now.